Good evening, everyone. It's good to have you here with us today here at First Christian Church. For guests, let me introduce myself. My name is Wayne. I'm part of the pastoral team here, and I'm very glad you're here tonight and that we get to spend a few minutes together. And uh, I promise we're going to get you out of here. I'm planning to speak for about, oh, about 95 minutes. Is you all cool with that? All right. Oh, there's, there's my son. No. <laughs> um, my wife and I, we, we, we have a habit of doing something when we travel, and if we're staying in a hotel in a, in, a, in a room that's unfamiliar with us, and that is we've learned over the years that we should always leave uh, the light on in the bathroom in that hotel room, so there's hopefully a little sliver of light that pops out underneath the, underneath the door, or sometimes we'll leave in the door cracked a little bit, so you, because you know what it's like when you're in a room that's unfamiliar, and you, if you have to get up in the middle of the night and you go, where am I? And, we learned this many years ago when we were first married by some friends who were 30 years our senior. As we were visiting um, Juanita, this is Bill and Juanita Jernigan, and she had, she had a broken leg. And we were visiting her in the hospital and we learned a lesson that they had just learned. Namely, they too had been traveling, Bill and Juanita had been traveling, and um, they had been in a hotel and uh, they had not left a, a light on of any sort. You know how those hotel rooms can be really dark at times. and so. And you've also got about way too many pillows on the bed. Have you noticed at some hotels? Now, sometimes you go to the Motel 6, you're lucky to get one. But if you can go up a little bit from that, you've got 17 pillows, it seems, and you, don't, and you try this one, that one doesn't work. You try the next one, you're throwing them off all night long. Well, Bill was doing that all night long, looking for the right pillow, and Juanita got up in the middle of the night to go use the ladies' room, if you will. And there were extra pillows on the floor. She tripped and broke her leg. And so we've learned, hey, put the light on and you might save yourself some trouble uh, because if you're in the dark all the time, it can be problematic and always look for that sliver, sliver of light popping out through the door. When we talk about darkness and looking for a little bit of light, I want to visit with you about that tonight because uh, what happened on that Christmas Eve and the night that Jesus was born was more than just a little sliver of light came into our world. Do you know the story? Mary and Joseph learn they're going to have a baby. They've, they've never, well, in, the, in light of the, there are many children here, they've never had been involved in any sort of activity that would produce a baby. Is that a good way to put it? Some of you know what I'm talking about. But nonetheless, they, they, they end up with a baby, and um, the, the baby's born, and some really cool things happen. People show up, and all kinds of people show up at this little cave or barn where they are. You have one of those on your coffee table at the house, probably called a nativity scene. Do you know there are all kinds of people who showed up there? For example, there were shepherds. This is in Bethlehem. It's called the City of David. And uh, out in the fields, there are, Bethlehem's, uh, there, are, there are shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem watching over sheep. And, well, read with me. It's going to be on the screen. Exactly what happened. Luke chapter 2, one of the biographies of Jesus' life, we read this. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And now, can you imagine? It's pretty dark out there. No electricity, nothing like that. This is 2,000 years ago. No light coming from the village down below. And what happens? In the middle of the darkness, something shows up. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Do you think? I mean, if you were out in the dark, 
in, on a hillside and an angel showed up to you, wouldn't you be a little bit terrified? I would be. And sure enough, this angel shows up and, they, and it says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. There's only other one place in scripture where we have that language. It's when the apostle Paul, so you may know his story, he's riding along on a horse one day and the glory of the Lord comes around him and it, it, it shocks him so much he fell off his horse and he was, the light was so bright it blinded him for three days. So these guys are there, they're in the dark and the glory of the Lord shines around them. And then it gets even more intense because after this angel comes along, more show up. They're terrified, we read. And then the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, namely Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And this is how you recognize him. This will be your sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, more angels show up. A great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, i got to tell you, friends, if this from me, I, I, I mean, I like to think I'm a man who's got some courage, but I wouldn't know what to do with this scene. If I'm there, out there in the fields, and one angel shows up, okay, maybe I could handle that, but when the whole heavenly host shows up, and what was my nice, quiet evening in the dark is now full of light and it's real noisy. I don't know what I'd do, but these guys are brave. You know what they say? Let's go check it out. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger and when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. That's where the other people are around the nativity that you don't have on your coffee table. There's other people there, obviously. And the shepherds are saying, you can't believe what we just saw about this baby's birth. And it was so bright. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then a fascinating verse. Mary, the mother, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Meanwhile, the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So two, two kind of groups that I, I'm interested in tonight. One is the shepherds and their world being turned upside down with this light. And then Mary, the quiet mother, if you will, pondering everything that's happened. I wonder what she pondered, in all honesty. I mean, there were all these stories that she had been told by an angel, her fiancé Joseph had been told by another angel that they were going to have the baby and all that sort of stuff. But did she ponder that? Or did she ponder about the fact these shepherds come with this news from the angels and so forth? But did she also ponder about what kind of world she brought this baby into? This is at the height of the Roman Empire. It was an ugly, ugly time, frankly, to be Jewish. And you've got to wonder if she thought, man... Is this really the right time for the Messiah to come? If he really is the Messiah, if he's the one who's bringing light to the world, is, is this really a good time? Because for her, I imagine, life was quite tenuous. You know, infant mortality was huge, very high. The possibility of her son making it to two years of age was somewhat limited. Making it to 30 or 40 was, well, 38, 39 might have been the lifespan. Yeah, some people lived to be 70, but not so many. And she's holding that baby and she's wondering, how tenuous is this situation? Yesterday, I was visiting with some friends, a bunch of preacher friends. We get together once a month. We eat lunch down at the Chinese buffet down here. And, uh, 
And uh, we were chatting about this, that, and the other, and somebody brought up something that was going on in the world, and pretty soon the conversation turned really dark. And we're, you know, it, it almost sounded like suddenly we're complaining about the culture around us and complaining about, you know, and there were a couple guys who said, well, I remember 20 years ago and of how sweet it was. And I go, well, I remember 20 years ago. Some things weren't sweet 20 years ago, but nonetheless. And, and the conversation was going along and suddenly I, I said, hey, guys, we sound like a bunch of old preachers complaining about the days in which we live. And if we could only live in the days back then, it'd be better. That seemed reasonable until someone said, yeah, but Wayne, think about how dark our world is right now. I mean, sometimes that darkness seems to get real close to me. If I look at current events, it used to be that if I was looking at current events, you'd have to go to the newspaper or the, t- or the television and you could get a snapshot of what's going on. But these days, if you're like me, you wake up in the morning and within five to 10 minutes, you're reaching for your cell phone and you open it up and what, I mean, you're getting videos from Syria right off, the, I mean, and you're seeing stuff that's way too dark that I don't want to even mention when we've got kids in the room. But you know what I mean, right? Mayhem and chaos and horrific things. In the midst of this dark world, frankly, I need a little bit of light to show underneath the doorway. I do. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Isaiah, uh, who was a prophet who told that and announced that Jesus was going to come some 700 years before he came, he gave a, a, a statement that perhaps you're familiar with. In Isaiah chapter 9, we read this. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And we learn that somebody's going to come who's going to kind of enter into the dark world. It says, and there are some titles that is given to this Messiah, this little baby named Jesus, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. We learn all that, and we go, great. But there's another passage right there in that book of Isaiah that I think is appropriate tonight. When Isaiah's talking about this, this king who was going to come, this baby who was going to come, this thing, this Christ child that Mary's pondering, we read in Isaiah chapter 9, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. I mean, we're about to, this is right before the passage of who he's going to be, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Right before he announces that the prince of peace is coming, he says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, the light has dawned. Huh. If I would have a prayer for you today, I would pray that in the midst of whatever darkness you might face, Wherever your world is dark, wherever our world is dark, can we get a little sliver of light to show up? Could we arrange our lives so that a little sliver would shine through and give us direction so that we wouldn't be aim- wandering aimlessly, if you will, to another unfamiliar room, another unfamiliar place? To that end, we as a congregation, we've got a gift for you tonight. Here's what it is. If you look in the pew rack in front of you or those who are in the front rows or on the, the balcony and also here in the main room down, downstairs, there's some yellow pieces of paper that look like a scroll, similar to this back here, okay? And here's our gift to you. I'd like to you, ask you to do this in a couple minutes to write on that piece of paper and to roll it up like a scroll. And at the end of our time together, we're going to collect them at the back of the room. And We're not going to be hounding you or anything like that. We're just going to pray over those pieces of paper. That light would come into the place where you'd say there's a little darkness. And you go, well, how's God going to know what I put on this piece of paper? Can I tell you something that's really cool in Scripture, what Scripture says about scrolls? 
If I could say it this way, we know from what the Bible says and what from both biblical history, secular history says the same thing, that somehow or other humanity, humanity landed on this planet. Christians have a, one viewpoint, others have a different viewpoint, but all of us are in agreement that there are human beings here, all right? And all of us are in agreement that human beings are flawed and we, we could do some things, really cool things, but there are some things in which we just screw it up and we mess it up. Within the Bible, theologically, we call that the fall. Sin came into the story of our lives as a group, as a human race, and as individuals. And that sin messes with us. The reality is that Jesus Christ came not so that we'd have nice poinsettias in a church. No, Jesus Christ came so that that sin could be dealt with. He came to redeem our lives, to buy, buy us back from that life of sin, to forgive that sin, and to give us new hope. Scripture says he came, he died, he rose again, then he went to heaven. And you go, well, is that the end of it? No, that's not the end, by the way. By the time you get to the end of the book, after all the prophecies that were given concerning his arrival and what happened while he was here, there are also some indications to what happens a second time. See, if you can believe that Jesus Christ came the first time, you know what's really cool? Scripture says he's coming a second time. I'm up for that. I don't know what it's going to look like, but Revelation, the book of Revelation, does give us some indication within Scripture. It says that there's all of humanity gathered around, and there's this big scroll that's got seven seals wrapped around it. And they're wondering who can unwrap this scroll, and in doing so, read through the history of humanity and tell everyone how it's going to go. And the Scriptures say that Jesus takes that scroll, and he unwraps them seal by seal by seal, and Jesus, as the Son of God, opens up the scroll and says, this is the way it is. Why am I telling you that? Because you say, well, I'm going to write some few things on this piece of paper. How will God know? Well, through the power of Jesus Christ and the work of his Holy Spirit, God in heaven knows of the areas of place and the places in your life where there's darkness, and you need a little bit of light to shine through. So we're going to pray over those. So at the end of the time together here today, you're going to, as you leave the room, both upstairs and downstairs, there'll be some baskets. Just place them in there. And in the days ahead, the leaders of our church will pray over that as our gift to you, praying that the light of God will spill into the places of darkness. And you go, well, I don't, how, how do I know? If, if through the work of Jesus Christ, the whole story of humanity can be unwrapped in the future, God can unwrap the story of your life today. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to give you a couple moments to write on that piece of paper. And as you write, these guys are going to do a song for us. And then I'll be right back with you. And we'll have a prayer over the matters that you write on that piece of paper. We'll light some candles and we'll say Merry Christmas. All right? I'll be right back with you.